This is my tribe. 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 What's up? Welcome to the Tribe Night Messages podcast. Tribe Night is for students who are curious about faith and eager to discover how a relationship with Jesus could change their lives, their schools, and the heartland. For more information, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at cstone.students or text tribe to 94000. Hope you enjoy the message. excited for Christmas? Yeah? I'm pretty excited for Christmas. Anybody excited for snow? You hate snow? Yeah. Yeah. I like snow for, I like snow for about 30 seconds, and then I'm tired of it. Yeah. Snow's nice, but then after you have to go out in it and walk in it and it gets dirty and muddy, like I'm, eh, not my thing. I like the summer. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm excited that everyone is here tonight. I'm excited to be here. We're finishing up our Bittersweet series, and we've been talking about forgiveness and, and things like that and, like, what it looks like in our lives to forgive people and how it can be difficult, how it can be something that... We don't necessarily always want to do at all times, but how many of you guys have ever just given up on something because it takes way too much time? Yeah. Yeah, I am, I am a, I I fall into this category a lot. Like I, if it takes too much time, I don't want to do it. Like thinking of things like, if my phone is like buffering a video and it takes too long to get the video to load, I just, I move on, I'm done, I don't care. TikTok, like buffer, buffer, and next one, I don't care, whatever, not worth it. Think of like a microwave meal, I'm a microwave meal guy, when my wife, my wife hasn't been here this weekend because she went out of town, so that means I don't really eat that well because I'm kind of a bum. So a microwave meal is my go-to but if it takes more than like two or three minutes, I don't really care. It's not worth it. So I'm talking like real quick. I need things done fast. I think of what I did What I did this weekend was I door dashed probably like two or three times, which is expensive. Don't do it. My wife actually texted me and said, hey, door dash is expensive. I was like, I know. Sorry. But I just don't want to stand in line. I don't want to actually go get the food. Like, just bring it to me. I'm lazy. If it takes too much time, I don't want any part of it. And something else I was doing this weekend 
And I did last weekend as well because I'm an idiot and I didn't buy enough Christmas lights. So I started putting Christmas lights on the roof last weekend, and then I had to finish it this weekend because I didn't buy enough. But I'm putting Christmas lights on the roof, and about halfway through, I was like, this is taking so long. I almost just quit. Like, I was like, mm, I, think I'm, I think I'm done. I think we'll just do about halfway. People will get the idea. Like, I put Christmas lights up. I tried. But I knew Shelby would be mad if they were only about halfway done, and that looks pretty silly. So I finished it, but I really didn't want to because it was just taking too much time. I'm not a patient person. Patience is a virtue, people say. It is a virtue that I do not have. But some of you raised your hand, and you said that you're like that too. Like, you don't like it whenever things take too much time. Like, think about, like, we're just not good when things take a long time. Like, when we're sitting there, and it just feels like it's taking forever. Like, we don't really want to, we don't want to go on. That's why we have fast food. That's why we have microwave popcorn. That's why we have high-speed internet. That's why Amazon Prime is, like, the biggest thing in the world. Because you order something, it's to your house in two days. You don't have to worry about it. We like speed. We like when things happen quickly. And most of the time, it's a really good thing when things happen fast, right? Like, I'm never going to disagree with instant noodles that are going to be done in like a minute in the microwave. I just, I like it. It's quick. But there's some really important areas of our lives where our need for speed might just hurt us. It might be a bad thing. And one of those areas is what we've been talking about with forgiveness. So like I said, for the last couple of weeks at, we've had, that we've had at Tribe, we've, we've been talking about this idea of forgiveness. We've talked about how at first it can feel kind of sweet to hold on to that bitterness. Like it feels good sometimes to hold on to that anger towards someone. You don't want to let it go and give them that satisfaction. But we learned that bitterness is harmful, Right? And holding on to bitterness and resentment actually hurts us more than it hurts the person that we're holding on to that resentment towards. It hurts us way more than the person that we're angry with. Then, two weeks ago, we talked about how much we have been forgiven for what we've done and how we need to learn how to forgive ourselves and others by canceling the debt and not the person. And while all of this is true, and it sounds kind of easy to say, what's also true is that most of us has, have tried this whole forgiveness thing. Like, we've really tried it, and it just didn't seem to work. Like, it's a great idea in theory, right? But then you tried. You really tried to forgive someone, and it didn't work. Maybe you tried to forgive your sibling, but every time you think about what they did, you just get angry all over again. Maybe an ex-friend or an ex-boyfriend or an ex-girlfriend keeps popping into your life just over and over. And even though you decided that you were going to forgive them, you still kind of want to tell the world all the awful and terrible things that they put you through. Think about a time in your own life right now. Like, just try to think about a time that you needed to forgive someone for something. You don't have to say it out loud. Just think of that thing. When you needed to forgive someone. So we've all said something like, 
man, I just can't forgive that person. After what they've done to me, I can't. It's impossible. See, I tried to forgive them, but it didn't work because I'm still hurt. Like, how do I forgive them if the pain still lingers? Because like anything else in our life, we want results immediately, whether it's instant noodles, whether it's a video that won't load, whether it's forgiveness. We want results immediately. When it comes to forgiveness, we want, we want to feel better now. Like we want that instant feeling of feeling better. See, this is true if you're doing the one, or if you're the one that's doing the forgiving. So you don't want to hurt anyone. You don't want to be angry anymore. You don't want that feeling in the pit of your stomach every time you remember what was done. Like, you just want it to go away. You're tired of feeling that anger. See, it's true when we're the ones doing the forgiving, but it's also true if you're the one who did something and you did something wrong to someone and you need the forgiveness. See, you want your mom to move on from the mean comment that you said to her. You want your brother to stop giving you the silent treatment for whatever you did. You want your friend to stop being angry with you. So we have all these areas in our life where we either are forgiving someone or we are looking to be forgiven. See, and, we, and when we decide to forgive and we don't get those instant results, those results that you want so badly, we all tend to kind of think like the same thing, right? We think, it didn't work. This forgiveness thing, it doesn't work. Like, I, I tried to forgive them. Like, here I am but I still hurt so much. We think the best thing that we can do with the worst stuff that happens to us is not forgiveness because forgiveness clearly doesn't work because when I try to forgive someone, the pain doesn't go away. See, the question is, though, is if that is how we feel, then what do we do now? Like, how do we move forward from that? So when you've tried something and it, and it just doesn't seem to work, do you have any other options, or is this what you're left with? See, if you gave forget forgiveness a shot, and you still don't feel any better whatsoever, then do we just give up? Just move on and say, well, we tried, but it's worthless. I want to look at a story today from the very first book of the Bible, and the very first book of the Bible is called Genesis and in Genesis, there's a story about a guy named Joseph. See, the story of Joseph, Joseph's life is actually a really, really long story, and it's filled with tons of smaller stories and plot twists and some really crazy things that happened to him. See, Joseph had the kind of life where one thing after another happened to him, and it just kept piling up and piling on. Joseph was the youngest of 11 brothers. So big family. Does anybody here have 11 siblings? Boom. You don't know them? Mm. Yikes! <laughs> so he had 11 brothers. And he happened to be his dad's favorite. So there's 11 of them, and he is the favorite. 
See, he even had this special, like, brightly colored coat he would wear that was a gift from his father. And that special coat would just remind his brothers that Joseph was their dad's favorite kid. Every time they saw him in it, they knew that he was the favorite. And when Joseph was 17 years old, he had a dream that all of his older brothers and his dad were going to bow down to him one day. They would all bow down to him. Of course, though, when he told this dream to his brothers and they heard about it, they, it ticked them off. They were mad. They're like, we're not going to bow down to you, little brother. Like, you little squirt, Joseph. Like, what do you think? You think just because your dad's favorite that we're going to bow down to you one day? And their hatred, it just grew. And it grew to the point that they actually plotted to kill him. Plotted to kill their own brother. See, there's so much drama in this story of Joseph that you'll actually have to go to Genesis 37 as the chapter to, to get all the details. Because I can't cover it all right now because there's just so much that happens in Joseph's life. But the long story short is that Joseph ended up getting sold as a slave to the Egyptians. He wasn't killed, but he was sold as a slave. And this was his brother's doing. They were the ones who sold him. They took him there, and they gave him away. See, then through a series of unfortunate life events, Joseph was then framed, and he was put in prison. But time and time again, the writer of Genesis tells us that, that God was with Joseph. And so Joseph prospered. He succeeded in, in whatever he did, even when he was in prison. If we fast forward just a bit more, Joseph, while he was in prison, he was able to interpret the dreams of two prisoners. One of which was the king's right-hand man. It was a guy that they called a cupbearer. And this cupbearer was just someone that was responsible for making sure that no one poisoned the king's drink, which sounds like a really fun job, right? We don't really know why he was in prison, but he was there. And he was able to interpret that dream for the cupbearer. And if we fast forward two more years, Pharaoh, the guy that was in charge of Egypt, he had a dream. And it was a crazy dream. And the cupbearer, who was out of prison now, remembered Joseph's ability to interpret dreams. So he called on Joseph. He called Joseph out of prison so that Joseph could tell him what it meant. He needed to know what this crazy dream meant. And once again, Joseph was able to successfully do this. He interpreted the dream that the whole land was going to be in danger of running out of food and having famine for years unless something were to change. So Pharaoh was so impressed with his great wisdom that he put Joseph in charge of all the land, second only to Pharaoh himself. So he goes from being sold into slavery, put into prison, to being in charge of Egypt. So we fast forward a lot more years. 22 years after selling Joseph into slavery, his brothers come to Egypt in search of food. See, Joseph recognized them, but they thought he was dead. Like, they figured he was sold into slavery, he wasn't going to survive, it was over. And they were looking for food, and they came to him. 
And this whole time, they didn't even recognize him, didn't even recognize that it was their own brother. And after some tests that his brothers had to go through, Joseph told them who he was. And then it says, Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now, do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save the lives that God sent me ahead of you. So Joseph went through some really, really crazy experiences in those 22 years, like just crazy stuff, being hated by his own siblings, being enslaved, being framed, going to prison, then finally being in charge of Egypt. So we see the happy ending when he's reunited with his family. But if it were me, it w- <laughs> we're going we're gonna to take a break, and we're going to figure that out. And then <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It happens. So we see this happy ending where he's reunited with his family, right? Joseph's reunited with his family. So think of this. After all this stuff he's been through, he's been through slavery. His brothers, they hated him. He was in prison. Now he's in charge of Egypt. But wouldn't you have some kind of resentment towards your family? If it were me, it would have taken me such a long time to get to a place of happiness again. Like my own family treated me this way. See, if I went through everything Joseph went through, I'd be angry. I'd be bitter. I'd be so mad at my brothers for selling me in the first place. Like, yes, I made it here, but look what you did to me. See, I'm guessing that if I was in power and my brothers showed up asking for help after selling me, like actually selling me, that I would have just kicked them to the curb. I'd have been like, no, get over it. Get out of here. Get out of Egypt. I don't want anything to do with you. But I'm not Joseph. And ultimately, over time, we see Joseph make the best out of the worst situations. See, Joseph shows us that healing takes time. Healing takes time. See, there isn't a quick fix. There's no just feeling better when you forgive. There's no immediate reward for saying that you forgive someone. There's no way to get your emotions to follow what you know is true deep down. There's no way to make it all just immediately better for you or for someone else. See, forgiveness takes time. So if you've hurt someone and they can't let it go and you're starting to get frustrated with how they just They can't let it go. They can't forgive you, and they just keep hanging it over your head. I'd say we give them a break. Like, forgiveness takes time. Healing takes time. And we don't get to decide how quickly someone gets over their hurt. In the same way that if you've been hurt by someone, and your family, or if it's a friend, And you can't seem to move on as quickly as you think you should. Or you can't move on as quickly as you'd like. Give yourself a break. Because forgiveness, it takes time. 
See, in fact, one of Jesus' closest followers, Peter, actually asked Jesus this question. He said, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? And Jesus replied, no, not seven times, but 70 times seven. See, Jesus wasn't actually specifying 490 times exactly. Yeah, I just did that math in my head. I'm really smart. Yeah, give me a hand. So he wasn't specifying 490 times exactly, but he knew that when we try forgiveness, it doesn't always stick. Like, it's not always easy. See, we forgive, but we pick our bitterness back up. We forgive, but then the anger comes back in towards that person. See, Jesus teaches us to keep forgiving as long as you need to until your emotions can catch up with your decision. See, until the hurt starts to hurt a little less. So you keep forgiving over and over and over until you actually start to feel it. See, for some of you, this is good news because you finally have permission to not be okay immediately. For others of you, this might not be great news. Maybe it sounds kind of depressing because you want nothing more than for someone to get over what you did to them. Like you want a quick fix. You want the answer to just be forgive seven times and then it's over. See, it would seem a lot easier if this was how forgiveness worked. But Jesus doesn't want forgiveness to be something that meets a checklist requirement in our lives. He wants, he wants something to happen in our hearts. He wants us to be healthy emotionally and mentally, and he wants us to have healthy relationships. See, that's why he tells us to forgive as many times as we need to until we have healed. In fact, maybe forgiveness isn't a decision after all. Maybe forgiveness isn't something that you just decide. Maybe it's not a single event in your life. But maybe forgiveness is more of a heart posture or an attitude or condition that changes our perspective over time. See, it's not something that you can just mark on the calendar as here's the day that I forgive them and everything will be good again. But it's something that can bring healing and change with time. See, we want forgiveness and healing to work like an antibiotic, like medicine. Like it would be so much easier if we were told to take a seven-day prescription, take, one, take this once a day for seven days, and then you're cured. Your pain's gone. Forgiveness has worked. But healing and forgiveness are more like recovering from a really big injury, and then taking a dose of medicine. I want you to watch this short video to kind of see what I mean. I want to show you what I mean by that, so hold on one second. See, when we're hurt or offended or angered by people, it takes time to heal. All healing takes time. And something small, like your friend forgetting to text you back that one time, right, it may cause a little nick 
um, and it can probably be covered with a small bandage, right? But even that takes a little bit of time to heal. You have to at least go to them and have a conversation and say like, hey, you didn't text me back. I felt some kind of way about it. You have to have that discussion. But you know, you're annoyed for a few minutes, but when you mention it, you clear it up and you are able to forgive and move forward. It's all healed. But there are other kinds of offenses, right? Your parent misses your big game or that one friend betrays you by telling your secret and changing the way other people think about you or someone broke a promise to you and you're hurt and you're angry and you're confused and you're trying to get over it but you can't stop replaying it over and over in your mind, right? Those offenses are like deep wounds or broken bones and they take time to heal. They take challenging conversations. They take repeated over and over clear communication. They take prayer and time with God. They take all kinds of time to make sure that you're working on actual forgiveness. This is no small injury, right? These kind of injuries take time to heal. They take challenging conversation. They take repeated, clear communication. They take prayer and time with God. They take time to heal because forgiveness takes time. You have weeks of recovery. You go back in for checkups and sometimes your body isn't getting better as fast as you want or even as the doctor wants. So you're told not to lift anything for a while. You're told you have to stay inside on the couch for a bit longer. You're told you can't text as fast or play video games for a while. But eventually you go in and you go for a normal checkup and over time, the doctor tells you, hey, you can actually start lifting things again. You can actually start texting again and playing and going outside and doing all those things because healing takes time. But trust me, time will provide healing. I know that, I know that it can be hard to hear that dealing with healing and pain are not always easy. But there is, there's a lot of hope. See, even if this isn't exactly what you wanted to hear, like you heard that we're going we're gonna to move on from this what forgiveness is and start talking about what it looks like if forgiveness is difficult, and you just wanted it to be an easy answer. See, even if this isn't what you wanted to hear, like, I want you to think about this for a second. Like, take heart and be encouraged that there is a way forward. So you can forgive, and you can find freedom from bitterness. See, even if you were, you were hoping for forgiveness and healing to go faster, knowing what to expect, it makes it a little bit easier to work your way through it. And what I want you to know is that you will get through. If you trust in God to be with you and guide you along the way, then you will get through it, whatever the pain is, whatever the hurt is. See, I don't want this to sound like a Band-Aid fix for actual real hurt. So let's talk about some steps that, that we can actually take, some steps to actually help us move towards this posture of forgiveness. Chances are that you've had someone or a few people come to mind during this series as we've talked about forgiveness. Like, it's easy 
when we, when we hear that you can't forgive someone for that one person to pop in your head. And it's okay if you're still working your way through that 70 times 7 of forgiveness. But it's so important that you keep making healing like a priority in your life. Like to keep forgiving again and again and again until it finally works as many times as it takes. And how do we do that? It's not, it's not a complicated thing, but it is a challenging thing. So here are some steps that you can take to begin fully forgiving someone. And the first one is pray for the person who hurt you. I know that sounds, it sounds basic, it sounds churchy, but I promise you, I promise you, that praying for the best interest of that person will eventually change the way that you think of them and even change your feeling toward them. See, if you can't do that yet because the hurt is just, it's too deep right now, start with just being honest with God then about how you feel about them and ask God to change your heart. See, for, for some of us, we don't feel like we can pray for that person right now because it just hurts too bad. But whenever we're honest with God and we tell him that, you can even start a prayer with Jesus. I'm so hurt and I'm so angry. I'm so mad. I just want to break down. See, God can handle your real thoughts. Sometimes we get caught up in thinking that God doesn't want the real us, but he does. He already knows the real us. He's just waiting on us to show it to him. And the second thing is serve them. See, now this sounds like a terrible idea, right? Like the person who hurts you, serve them. It's going to go against every instinct that you have. But it will also pave the way forward toward forgiveness. It'll soften your heart toward them, and you may even start to dislike them a little less. See, serving them could look like a few things. It could look like making sure they're not left out of a group text or the weekend plans. Serving them could look like just making sure they remember you have a test in third period today. So you can think of ways to serve that, that stretch you to work out of your comfort zone and into forgiveness. If it's not safe to serve them in person or wise for that relationship to continue, Maybe, maybe serving them looks like just reminding yourself every day that they're more than just their mistakes. And finally, like we've said this whole series, we have to repeat it. You can't just do it one time. It has to be repeated. Do this over and over and over, which means pray, serve. Pray, serve. Pray, and serve some more. See, these are, these are the best ways to work hard toward forgiveness. This is how you make your way through the 70 times, seven times. This is how you heal. See, not with, not with revenge, not with anger, not with bitterness, not with trying just to forget it, but by forgiving over and over again. And if it sounds difficult, you're right. 
It's not easy, but it's the best way forward. And not only that, if we're the ones who need to be forgiven, this is what we would want from the other person, right? Like if you are the one that needs forgiveness, you would hope that that person could keep forgiving you. But more than that, we need to remember that ultimately forgiveness isn't about that person at all. Forgiveness isn't about that person and what they did. It's about you. It's about what's best for you and your life. It's about becoming the person that your heavenly father has created you to be. It's about becoming a person who is free, a person who's free from anger, a person who's free from bitterness, a person who's free from this feeling and this crater in your chest whenever someone hurts you. So as we wrap up this series, I want you to, I want you to think about forgiveness in your own relationships. Like, what's holding you back? What would it take to begin to forgive what you haven't been able to forgive yet? What would it take for you to move forward and become who God made you to be, who God wants you to be, healthy and whole, not bitter and hurt? So make a decision this week to make forgiveness, true forgiveness, a reality in your life. Let's pray. Father God, we... We thank you so, so much for everything that you do for us. We thank you for the lessons that you teach us in your word, for stories about Joseph, for words from Peter and Jesus' response to him, Lord. We pray that we pray that forgiveness, that even though it's not easy, that you would help us, that you would guide us, and that we would really lean into that. That it wouldn't just be something that we think is going to heal us immediately, but it would be something that we're working towards and doing over and over and over again. So we, we can become more and more like the person that you made us to be. And I pray if there's someone in this room who just feels that the hurt is too deep, Lord, that they would, that you would just reach out to them in such a strong way. They would feel your presence. They would know how much you love them that you would help guide them and direct their steps, that they would lean on you more than anything else. I pray that as we go on with our weeks, that we would take those steps to forgive, that we'd pray for those people that it's hard to forgive, that we'd serve those people that have hurt us, and that we would keep doing it over and over and over until we really, really feel the healing that you can provide. We pray this all in your name.